Hey, yo, Cali Green Monster Show. Sports. McGregor Fight Weekend. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it, Nate Diaz. Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster Show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Friday, July 9th, 2021, and I've got an excellent show lined up for you guys today, as always. For new listeners of the show, first off, welcome in. You know, you stumbled in a good place. This is the perfect show to put on in the background while you're doing things that you don't feel like doing, whether it's at work, whether you're working out, or whether you're just sitting on the couch staring at a wall and want to listen to the smooth sounds of someone talking about random stuff. And random stuff is consistent of mostly sports. But once in a while, just some bullshit random topics. Maybe I saw Harry Potter or watched a cartoon or listened to something on the radio or something that just tickled my fancy and I want to get it off my chest. This is the perfect platform to share it. You know, so this is an exciting weekend, as you can tell from the beginning of the show in the intro song. It was a little bit modified for today because it is a Friday before a big UFC pay-per-view and not just any big UFC pay-per-view. It is a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. I feel like the UFC is always better when Conor McGregor is there. So, you know, I appreciate whenever he's there. We don't know how many more fights we got with him. You know, he's built this big whiskey empire and has become the most highly paid athlete in the world. So we'll see how long he wants to continue going to a cage fighting and, you know, doing the human and cockfighting thing. So we're going to talk about that as well as other fights on the UFC 264 card. We're going to talk about last night's. NBA Finals Game 2 matchup. You know, big heavyweight boxing matchup. Looks like it's going to be delayed due to the bitch that is COVID-19. And we also got a couple big international soccer finals coming up this weekend. So there's so much stuff to get on, you know, talk about on this show. But, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. While I am talking, I am in actually an unnecessary amount of pain right now. Last night, at some point, I think a filling must have came loose or something because now I can't even drink water without having the sensation that something is flooding my tooth and giving me the worst tooth pain at all. So, you know, I can talk, but it stings and hurts like a motherfucker right now. And I thought, hey, you know, I'll come in to the dentist office. It opens up at 7 in the morning. I'm already up pretty early getting ready to record these shows or just to, you know, get a jump start on the day, get there to the office. And now I realize why they weren't answering their phone when I was first calling at 7 in the morning. The place is just closed. I don't know if it's closed down for good, but, you know, their their automated voice message said that they were open and helping someone. But when you go there, the lights are all turned off and there's no explanation as to where they are or what's going on. So I'm not sure if I actually have a dentist anymore, which is kind of a crappy feeling when, yeah, my mouth is in a lot of pain here on a what's supposed to be a feel good Friday. But, you know, I think, you know, besides my tooth 
feeling like it's in the middle of getting a cavity drill and I just like walked out of the dentist office and said that's good enough besides that there's a lot of stuff to feel good about you know before we start talking about UFC and all the exciting things that we have to watch tomorrow I want to give a big shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions they just knocked off the Montreal Canadiens in game five one zero game so Tampa Bay they were clearly the best team you know on paper they were coming as the defending champions and it's super hard to repeat but they were clearly the best team in the NHL you know justified by winning you know the second Stanley Cup and now I think the questions are coming can Tampa Bay win a third Stanley Cup in a row and that's what the question that we're all going to be asking over the next year I don't know if we're all going to be asking that but you know I guess people that follow hockey and you know I guess if you follow this show we don't talk too much about hockey on this show but as someone who grew up playing ice hockey and have a French Canadian family hockey is usually never too far off my mind but the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup and actually winning back-to-back Stanley Cups, it reminds me of a funny story when I was a young kid. It was before my first season of ice hockey, and I remember we were at the like a hockey shop by the ice rink I was going to play at, getting like my ice skates, and my dad was allowing my brother and I to each get a jersey. And I really wanted a black Tampa Bay Lightning jersey because it looked super slick. It was black with like some silver and blue. And like, you know, as a seven-year-old, you see the Lightning logo. It looks pretty cool. And I remember my dad was insistent that the Tampa Bay Lightning were not going to be a NHL franchise in the future. So he insisted that I got a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. So I got a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey instead. And I think it's funny now looking back at that, Tampa Bay now has three Stanley Cups. And the Toronto Maple Leafs have still done shit. So... You know, me and my dad had a good laugh about that when I brought that up. So, you know, I think, hey, fathers out there, when your son wants to get that goofy jersey for some irrelevant team, you got to remember how the sports world works, man. Every team that is shitty will be good. And he who was good will become shitty at some point. You know, at some point, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were the worst laughing stock of the MLB for over their first decade in the league. Next thing you know, they changed their name to the Rays, and they've actually been a pretty solid MLB franchise. You never want to make a trade with them because you know they're the smartest people in the room. So maybe there's some kids in the late 90s, early 2000s that saw the cool Tampa Bay Devil Rays logo and was like, Devil Rays, that's sick as fuck. So hopefully, dads, you didn't just convince them to go be a Baltimore Orioles fan or something because Baltimore is like historical and cool or something because you know that would look dumb as f right now but let's move on to cage fighting UFC 264 is tomorrow night headlined by the big trilogy matchup between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier the odds as of this morning, Conor McGregor is a slight underdog at plus 105, and Poirier is getting the slight favorite at minus 125. You know, the first matchup in 2014 ended with a really quick knockout from Conor McGregor's favor, and their rematch earlier this year in January at UFC 257, Poirier knocked out Conor McGregor in the second round. You know, it was a matchup that I think a lot of people were overlooking Poirier, myself included. You can go back to some of the very early episodes of this podcast because I think in the very first week of this show was in the lead-up to McGregor and Poirier too. And I distinctly remember myself saying that Poirier seemed like he was 
in the wrestling world when you want to set up your star to eventually ascend to the title you got to make sure he looks legit so you set him up with a really good high level mid carter or someone just to make him look good and i thought that that's what poirier was supposed to be but apparently he didn't read the script and you know he chopped mcgregor's leg down and was able to finish it up you know conor mcgregor claims that he spent a majority of that camp before that Poirier fight, getting ready for a potential boxing match with Manny Pacquiao. So he was definitely, at least according to his narrative, I don't know if this is him just making excuses, which is entirely possible. You know, these athletes like to make sure that they keep their Teflon armor, their aura of invincibility about them. But, you know, he definitely was trying to make it seem like he was overlooking Poirier. And if you look at that first matchup, Conor McGregor wasn't his normal elusive self and using, you know, he was still an aggressive striker, but his front leg was, you know, planted a lot and he was allowing himself to get chopped down. And I mean, you could see by the the beginning of the second round, his leg was messed up. And I think that's going to be one of the big storylines going into this fight is has Conor McGregor made the adjustments and is he going to be able to stop the leg kicks because you know Poirier he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he clearly had a good striking strategy in the first fight so you know that's really what's going to come down to did Conor McGregor make the adjustments and you know the build-up to this fight has been a lot more tense than the first one and I feel like the first one we were all kind of surprised at how cordial they were you know the very first time they met up you know Conor McGregor was clearly in Dustin Poirier's head and I think that probably attributed to the fast knockout you know McGregor kind of made built his UFC career by being able to get in people's heads and finishing them off and you know possibly getting those people not in their best night because they were completely thrown off their game plan by his mental games go ask Jose Aldo you know and I feel like in that second one they were very complimentary it seemed very respectful there was an agreement about you know winner or the loser would have to donate to the other person's charity but since that fight it's been you know definitely more bad blood you know there was accusations that Conor McGregor didn't pay or to Dustin Poirier's charity but then Conor McGregor's team was upset by those claims because they were saying that they were trying to donate, but they wanted to know exactly where the money was going. You know, Conor McGregor has called Dustin Poirier a dumb hillbilly multiple times. Up in this week, he posted a screenshot of apparently Dustin Poirier's wife trying to slide into his DMs. Whether that's real or not, that at least became a storyline up until, you know, leading up to this fight week and you know even at the press conference yesterday and the face-off it definitely looked tense and they're definitely doing a good job of promoting this fight because I think either way Conor McGregor a pay-per-view headline by him he still has the drawing power to get a million buys and I think if they've done enough a good enough job to you know rile up interest in getting people to want to see another matchup because you would think that after seeing just in january poirier finishing off court or mcgregor in the second round via tko a lot of people you know might not be thinking it's going to be competitive but i think conor mcgregor you know when you look at just how busy his fight schedule or actually lack of busy his fight schedule has been over the past handful of years he hasn't been that active and this is going to be the first time we're going to see conor mcgregor like kind of going from one fight camp to the other you know because if you look at the rematch with poirier back in january that was his first match in a little over a year his first match is since the he fought donald cerrone and all respect to donald cerrone one of my favorite fighters of all time when he got donald cerrone 
this guy, he was a shell of himself and was able to finish him off. I mean, with shoulder strikes and in, in under a minute. And that was his first fight in, I think, a year and a half since he fought Habib Nurmagomedov. Slight apologies. Hopefully you guys can't hear the gardener that's right outside the Tesla studios blowing leaves right now. But, you know, hopefully we can keep you distracted from that noise by this UFC talk. So, you know, I think that, you know, this time, like I said, Conor McGregor, I'm expecting him to come in more sharp. And I'm going to make the declaration that this is the last time that I'm going to believe Conor McGregor's shit. Because, you know, like I said, on his ascent, there was a lot of like, oh, this guy can't be as good as he says he is. And, you know, when he eventually beat Eddie Alvarez and became the double champ, that was one of those like, okay, I, I believe his hype. I will believe what he says he calls his shot and he always gets it and of course since then and ever since i jumped on his train and believes his shit he goes and loses to floyd mayweather he loses the habib Nurmagomedov, and he loses dustin poirier so he hasn't had a nice recent string of success in combat sports but like i said i think him going from one fight camp right into the next i think we're gonna see a sharp conor mcgregor he seems like a motivated conor mcgregor i follow him on social media and unless he's doing all this and posing for social media he seems to be putting in the work and i think you know he's he's a crazy irish guy that has made his fame and fortune by fighting in a cage you know, in front of millions of people, you know, he's a prize fighter, you know, he doesn't need to be doing this. He makes more money by, with his whiskey company. Oh my God. It's almost like the, the Gardner guy is like taunting me right now. Like he literally like got right in front of my car, stared me in the face and then just started blowing. It's like, asshole, do you see me with a microphone right now? So I don't know what to tell you. Hopefully it isn't being too distracting right now. I think, you know, the reason why I record in the Tesla studios in the first place is it's very noise canceling and it makes a sound with the the best sound, I think, for this show. But like I said, it's going back to the UFC talking, trying to ignore the gardener who is, yeah, just literally surrounding the Tesla studios and needs to clean the leaves right now. I think Conor McGregor is going to do it. I'm calling Conor McGregor first round knockout if we don't see that tonight you know i mean i was surprised that conor mcgregor is coming back for the the trilogy with dustin poirier i i remember my initial reactions after the fight back in january is i thought conor mcgregor was going to retire or we were going to just see him fight like jake paul or some you know circus match so i think even with a loss I'm sure we're probably going to see Conor McGregor at least one more time in the UFC. Nate Diaz is still out there looking for opponents, and he's still a huge draw. The last time we saw Nate Diaz, he had the hugest pop from the crowd. You would think that it was Stone Cold Steve Austin entering SummerSlam at 1999 or something like that. You know, so Conor McGregor, I think that he's going to do it. You know, if he doesn't, maybe we'll see him fight Nate Diaz, but let's not think about that. We'll save that for the post-UFC 264 talk. But, you know, I'm calling my shot. Conor McGregor, first-round knockout. Let's do it. In the co-main event, we got a interesting welterweight matchup. So at 170 pounds, we got Stephen Thompson and Gilbert Burns. This is Gilbert Burns' first time or first time back in the cage since he fought Kamaru Usman for the title at UFC 258 in February. Steven Thompson, he's around a minus 150 favorite. Gilbert's at plus 140. 
And I think really the whole thing looking at this matchup is can Gilbert Burns get inside the range of Stephen Thompson? You know, Stephen Thompson is a world-class kickboxer, and he's known to have slightly boring matchups because, you know, he's not willing to, you know, get super aggressive with his mat- with his striking. He's perfectly content staying out of range and countering. And, you know, he gets a lot of decision victories that way, you know, but he's also had a lot of boring matchups. You know, his title fights with Tyron Woodley are probably some of the most boring title fights you'll ever watch. I remember falling asleep, particularly in the second one. So I'm not particularly excited about this co-main event. I think that, you know, Gilbert Burns is good, but I think that Steven Thompson, he's shown that he can control, he can make really good guys look bad just with his range. So if I had to pick, I'm going to go with Steven Thompson, unanimous decision. We got a big, not a big heavyweight, but it's going to be an entertaining heavyweight matchup. Ty Tuivasa is fighting ex-NFL player Greg Hardy. Tuivasa is at a minus 130 favorite right now. Greg Hardy is about a plus 120. I got Tuivasa with a round two KO. You know, Greg Hardy, he's been pretty decent in the UFC. He's got like a 4-3-1 record. But I think Tuivasa is just a more complete fighter, and he hits like a truck. And I think Greg Hardy, he's tough, but he's just not as he's not as crisp of a striker. And I expect Tuivasa to be able to, to eventually clip him and finish him off. And I think it will happen in the second round. And to open the card, we got Sugar, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. He's fighting some jabroni named Chris Moutinho. I don't know anything about him. The only thing I do know about him is on the, when you Google the UFC 264 card and it's got you know the matchups listed and it's got people's faces. Chris Moutinho is the only one that didn't have a picture. It was just like the generic you know, icon for someone who doesn't have a profile picture. Sean O'Malley is a minus 750 favorite right now, and I expect that to go even up high even higher you know Sean O'Malley is someone that you know has you know puts on a show he literally calls it the sugar show he's someone that you know kind of similar to Conor McGregor where he calls his shot and he goes out there and fights an aggressive very entertaining style you know his hair always looks different for every single fight he always he's willing to do tons of interviews and has entertaining interviews you know he's entertaining on Twitch and I expect him you know opening the main card to come out and to put this guy away you know I think it's going to be a round one knockout or TKO one or the other but I think Sugar Sean O'Malley is not going to have any problem with this guy. And yeah, UFC 264, it's going to be a good one. Looking forward to watching it tomorrow night. And I look forward to you talking about it again on the next show. Before we switch completely out of combat sports, we got some bad news from the world of boxing. So the anticipated trilogy matchup between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, it looks like it's going to be postponed. Tyson Fury has caught COVID. So just when we were all out there celebrating that we beat COVID-19, it has gone and taken away a big anticipating sports event that we were all looking forward to. I thought canceling sports events was such a 2020 thing, but alas, in 2021, COVID-19 still has its effect. So October 9th is the rumor new date. I think either way, whether it's going to happen in July or July 24th, or it's going to happen October 9th, I think Tyson Fury whoops Deontay Wilder's ass. He's clearly the better boxer. I think he clearly outboxed him in the first one, clearly outboxed him in the second one, and I expect him to do it for a third time. Let's switch over to basketball. Last night was game two, and the Suns, they have defended home court. 118-108 win against the Bucks, so they are now up 2-0. 
the Suns, they were very efficient from three-point yesterday, and I felt like that was very important in helping driving their victory. They were up, they shot 20 for 40 from three-point. You know, Booker had 31 points, Chris Paul had 23, and Mikael Bridges had 27. You know, so the Suns, they got, you know, consistent scoring from everybody. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who had missed, the last bits of the Eastern Conference Finals with a hyperextended knee. You know, he's been playing like a beast during these NBA Finals. He wound up with 42 points and 12 rebounds, you know, on 15 and 22 field goals. But, you know, Chris Middleton, you know, the people that people that Kendrick Perkins was calling him the Batman to Giannis's Robin, but that definitely is not the case. You know, Chris Milton did not show up last night. He finished with 11 points on 5 of 16 shooting. Drew Holiday, he got 17, but he didn't shoot the ball particularly well as well. He shot 7 for 21. So, you know, I think that I still have the Suns in 5. I expect the Bucks to at least take a game in Milwaukee, but the Suns clearly look like the better team right now, and I expect the Suns to bring home the franchise's first NBA title. Only two more wins away. Like I said, expect them to win at least one in Milwaukee and to finish it off at Game 5 in Phoenix. And before we get out of here and get on to this weekend, we got a couple big international soccer finals. So all month we've been covering the Euro 2020, and it's culminating on Sunday at Wembley Stadium. England and Italy... You know, after England's penalty, or not penalty kick, but extra time victory over Denmark in the semifinals, they're mean Italy. You know, I think that this is going to be definitely a tense matchup. You know, Italy is known for having extremely good defense, and they hadn't conceded goals in multiple games leading into the tournament. And it took multiple games before they finally did concede a goal. England gave up their first goal against Denmark. That was their first goal they conceded in the tournament. So, they're definitely both two teams that know how to play defense, so I expect it to be tense. And honestly, it's going to be at Wembley. You'd think that England, who's been having a you know, home stadium, home field advantage throughout the entire tournament, you think it'd be in their favor. But you know, I think with so many things right now, the whole like, you know, it's coming home. You hear them. That's people are wearing that on their shirts. There's so much pressure on these English, this English team, and especially going up this against these Italians that know how to defend. And you know, I feel like the England hasn't been extre- you know, particularly impressive on the attack. You know, Raheem Sterling has looked pretty dangerous, and you know, he drew, you know, the deciding penalty kick and extra time in the semifinals against Denmark. Jack Graylish, he's someone that the crowd loves, and every time they put him on as a substitute, gets a standing ovation, and you see why, because he's just so energetic and drawing fouls every which way. But I think that they're going to have a hard time scoring against Italy, and I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. And I know that it's going to hurt English fans to hear this. You know, they know they I know they want it to come home. But I think that Italy's going to win, and I think it's going to be one of those. It's going to be like 1-1, probably going to go to penalty kicks. And, you know, I think Donnarumma, he's, you know, he's definitely a good heir to the Italian goalie throne after Buffon. Buffon was like the best goalie for the past, like, you know, few decades. And I think that, you know, I, I would trust Donnarumma the most when it came down to penalty kicks. So, yeah, I'm picking Italy. 
And you heard me correct when I first started about soccer that there's multiple international finals because while I've been covering the Euro Cup, there's also been the Copa America going on in South America. And on Saturday, we're going to have the Copa America final between Brazil and Argentina at the Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. You know, so each of these teams, they both won their groups. And, you know, I haven't been watching very much of it, but from what I've been reading, it hasn't been the most exciting stuff going on on but I think going into this final I think one of the big narratives you know looking at both Lionel Messi and Neymar is that they're both trying to seek their first major international tournament trophy you know I think that Messi won an Olympic medal in 2008 and Neymar won one in 2016 I believe but they never won one at the at the you know the major international level because I think that when Brazil won one in 2019, Neymar was hurt and wasn't a part of that team. So you know they're both trying to get it done, and you know I think a lot of people are really hoping that you know Messi can pull it off because people are thinking that this might be his last opportunity, whether it's this or maybe the next World Cup. But, you know, he's there. Argentina's in the final again. Messi's been carrying the team. You know, he's leading the tournament in scoring. He's got two pretty good free kick goals in this tournament. So, you know, I'm definitely going to be pulling for Argentina. But Brazil's definitely going to be tough to beat. I think the only time they've lost a major, like, match on Brazilian soil was that massacre at the World Cup in 2014 when Germany beat them like 7-1. to one. So I don't anticipate something like that happening. So I think, you know, gun to my head, I'm probably pick, picking Brazil. But, you know, I'm definitely going to be rooting for Messi. So, you know, that's all I got for you guys on this show. I'm definitely looking forward to the next show. I'm going to be covering everything that happened at UFC 264 and whatever else decides to pop off this weekend. You know, whatever you guys decide to do, be safe out there. Have a good one. You know, if you got all the way to this point in the show, you know, I really appreciate it. You know, be a friend. Tell a friend about this podcast. Let's help spread the Cali Green Monster Show brand. But until next time, I've been your host, Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster Show. Have a great one, guys. Peace.